welcome Katia Iverson, um, your CEO of Women Deliver. Um, can you tell us a bit about your organisation? I'm aware that your roots are in maternal health and um, and that you've done a lot of good work on millennial, millennium de- development goals. Um, so wh- how far have you come and, and where would you sort of place your organisation today? First and foremost, thank you very much for having me here. It's lovely to be here. Uh, Women Deliver and as we say a little polemically, women deliver and not only babies. The organization Women Deliver is an advocacy organization and we work hard for the health rights and well-being and for increasing investments in girls and women in general. We work globally and we work with a network of several thousand organizations around the world across the gamut from UN organizations uh, civil society organization, academic institutions, private sector, everybody who wants to make a difference for girls and women. And one of the focal points of your work are um, a global conference that you hold, not every year, but the, we've, you've got a, a big conference coming up in a couple of weeks' time, and I believe that it's the um, the largest conference about girls and women for more than a decade, with four to f- f- five to 6,000 people attending. I mean... What, 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 what's, what, what sort of, how powerful is that as a, a kind of focus for change? Every three years, Women Deliver have a global conference. We call it the Women Deliver Conference. And yes, it is shaping up this one to be the largest conference on the health rights and well-being of girls and women for more than a decade. So it's everybody who works on the health rights and well-being of girls and women, from the biggest decision makers to the change makers in communities. We're meeting symbolic nine months after the Sustainable Development Goals were launched. Uh, They were launched in September, and that's the new framework for development in the world. Mm -hmm. Last time the world came out with a new framework, the the Millennium Development Goals, girls and women were forgotten for the longest time. That's not going to happen this time. We are going to amp up the volume, we are going to get together, and we are going to look at how can we make the sustainable development goals matter most for girls and women? Because we know that that's where the change, that's where the acceleration of progress is going to come from. Girls and women today across the world have such an untapped potential because the world has not invested in them. They are the ones lacking behind in regards to health, education, economic empowerment, access to resources. And with a little investment in them, we can really see the big change. So at the conference in Copenhagen, starting the 16th of May, we will have a delicious buffet of solutions. We will showcase solutions from around the world. We've been working with 100 partners for a year to identify the best solutions, what has worked, not just pilots, to improve maternal newborn health, nutrition, sexual and reproductive health and rights, uh, get against violence, women's economic empowerment, access to power in general. So all of these issues and solutions from them will be on the table because when the world invests in girls and women, there is a ripple effect and everybody wins. Do we have any evidence to, to, to back that statement up? I mean, clearly... Objectively, it is a good thing. But in terms of making that argument to those countries that have failed to make any considerable progress in these areas to date, 
Yes, mm. there's there's evidence. There is good evidence that it pays off to invest in girls and women, and we have it uh, across the board. Across the board, uh, women deliver. Uh, has worked with the World Bank, uh, McKinsey, everybody who have been able to do the big calculation. And what we morally has known was right is evidence backed now with good, solid evidence. We do know that women invest much more than men in their families, in their children's health and well-being and education. And that is what breaks the cycle of poverty. We know that uh, the 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 chance of of children surviving and thriving is much bigger if and when the mother survives uh, childbirth, but in general is healthy and also educated. We know that women's economic empowerment has humongous effects, not just on her own life and the family, but also on GDP and the thriving of societies in general. So yes, the the evidence is there, and and we will be putting the solutions forward. It's very interesting to look at it because for the longest time the focus has been on the problems and women has been perceived as vulnerable and marginalized and objectified. But what we also see is that they are really the powerhouses, they are really the change makers. Uh, it doesn't mean that the men are not, but we really see it uh, in development in general that that's where it's coming from. Women carries everything's on their heads, you know, continents and families and and, and, and that's that's where that's where progress is. So the message is if you invest in health, you invest in education, that you can increase the GDP of your country. You can invest the survival, the thriving the thrival and the economic, yes. It, and it's not just something we say, it is something the sure. big institution says, yeah. If, uh, could you just take us back in history for a moment? So the Millennium Development Goals, which I know that your, your organisation was, was very involved in, it was a 15-year programme, they're undeniable gains, um, but it was very much an unfinished job, wasn't it? And, and I think in particular in areas of health and, and maternal health. Um, why do you think... Um, there was such a lag in those particular goals. And what do you think the Sustainable Development Goals can, can do better? We saw with the Millennium Development Goals, there was eight goals, it was fairly simple, uh, but we saw uh, that girls and women were, were left out. So yes, there was gender equality in there, yes, there was maternal health in there, but there was not investment in it. So what we saw was we saw progress, and I want to emphasize that. We saw uh, during the, the, the time, we saw a 50% decrease in, almost 50% decrease in, in maternal mortality, but the, the goal was 75%. So no, it was not achieved, but it was on the right track but just not good enough. Uh, we saw that the Millennium Development Goals were very much perceived as a UN project, a United Nations project. It was not something everybody were involved in. What we have now with the Sustainable Development Goals, it is much more comprehensive. Some will say that it's a little too big. I don't think so. It's 17 goals. They focus so from on... from 8 to 17. From 8 to 17. And there's a lot of targets. There's 169 targets, so you can get. And we're looking to 2030. Aren't we're we? looking to 2030. We have a 15-year horizon. What we have seen is that health has a very strong goal, uh, goal three. Gender equality has a very strong goal, goal five. But we, as women deliver, would go in and say, both health and gender equality 
and women's and girls' status is cross-cutting to all 17 goals. You will not see hunger reduced without investing in health and without investing in girls and women. You will not see inequalities reduced without investing in girls and women. So in that sense, what we have done with Women Deliver, we have developed uh, a big platform uh, that takes a gender lens to the Sustainable Development Goals, and we have identified 12 big investments where the world needs to invest. Uh, and if they invest in these areas, then they have a better chance of reaching the whole 17. 17 goals. Exactly. Okay. That is what will power progress. Uh, um, so, so those 17 will be, uh, those 12 investment, and that's financial, programmatic, and political, uh, will be launched at the Women Deliver Conference. And they have defined the program of the conference because that's where we have the tracks, that's where we focus. We have 112 concurrent sessions focused on solutions, and afterwards we will be coming out with a big solution panorama. So that is one of the wonderful outcomes of the conference. Very important for me to say that the Women Deliver Conference is not a one-off. It is, we perceive it as a fueling station where people come and get inspiration, solutions, energy, and new partnerships. Because we have all the different players there, we know, because we always measure what we do, we know that those partnerships really come into uh, play afterwards when people go home to their 160 countries and work hard for getting girls and women into the national sustainable development plans because that's what's happening in the world right now is that all the countries are making national plans and that's also where we would love to see the health professions the uh, everybody kind of rally around that at country level to really make sure that girls and women are not left out. Can you give any examples of how girls and women can be um, put at the heart of national plans so that makes a difference. Are there any great examples that come to mind? Yes, if we look at national health plans, for example, uh, which are part of the sustainable development plans, right now there's a global strategy that's called the Global Strategy for, uh, for Women's, Children's and Adolescents' Health, short called Every Woman, Every Child. That is a beautiful, good plan with investment areas and... Um, and 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 they are they are kind of going national now, and that they are being that's being woven in. It addresses everything from, you know, reproductive health and family planning. Women's access to, for example, family planning is a bedrock of progress. If women don't have and girls don't have access to contraceptive, modern contraceptive, they'll never get an education. They'll never have a job or be able to keep it because they will be pregnant all the time. You know. Many places, sex is not an option; it's a duty. No, and this yeah. is interesting because you're not shying away from this issue, are you? No. With with having you know sexual freedom um, as 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 one of the goals. I mean, can you just give us a sense of the scale of the challenge and some mm -hmm. of the areas that you're working in? It's a human right to be able to decide how many children you want, when you want them, and if I may add, uh, with whom you want them. Uh, that's not the reality uh, everywhere in the world. You have 225 women. 
225 million women who have not don't have access or cannot use family planning who would like to postpone their next pregnancy. You have every two minutes a woman dying in childbirth, often because she didn't have access to uh, family planning or a safe abortion. Um, so uh, it is it is very imperative that that this gets in place, not only for the individual woman, but also for health of populations in general and economies. It is a good investment. So it's everything from the reproductive health, uh, sexual reproductive health and rights. It is also kind of a, a look at stillbirth. It is also look at um, adolescent health. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a girl, often what we see is um, uh, who is it who gets pregnant and dies. It is often young girls, uh, two young girls who are too young to both uh, give birth and get married. Um, the body is simply not ready. But it's looking at their health and looking at their uh, access to health services, but also nutrition. Uh, women often eat last, uh, which hampers both her own health, but also the one of her child. Uh, we see stunting among uh, children, uh, and that has you know societal consequences in cognitive development if uh, the the young woman, the young mother, is not well fed. Uh, so it's both for her own sake, but it is also for the child and for for the greater good. So it's looking at at the whole life. You know, kind of if I may put it this way, it's it's going away from looking at body parts and diseases to look holistically at the girl and the woman in a, in the whole life cycle, which is extremely important. So you don't want this to be looked at in silos. You want proper integration on the agenda. Yes, yes. So we have identified 12 areas for the investment. Uh, but 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 what is so important is that the ripple effect, both the both the the um, what you need to do, but also what you get out of it, is so integrated. Uh, you cannot look at it as just a phase in life. It is integrated, and and both from a human part you know we are we are, we are whole women we are not diseases and if i have to go to one clinic one day for my needs in reproductive health and another clinic another day for my needs in nutrition or for my needs in non-communicable diseases well it's expensive to have all the different clinics but it's also expensive for my time i cannot take care of my job and we often see health being not only an out-of-pocket expense but also a time expense for women which means that they can't be as productive and fulfill their full potential as 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 we would all benefit from and that as would be right Mm-hmm. I, I, one thing I want to ask you is about funding and and how I imagine one of the key ways that you can influence the agenda for women and girls in 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 many countries that have failed to make progress in these areas is through direct funding of, of programs. Um, how well? And one thing you talked about was with the Millennium Development Goals. The money really wasn't always there for women and girls. Has that changed at all? I believe we're seeing a change. I feel we're seeing a change. I see and I hear loud and clear new players come into this field who've never been here before. I was in Davos at the World Economic Forum and hearing big corporation CEOs, big organizations, 
uh, talk about girls and women and the investment case that, for example, McKinsey has developed, uh, the World Bank has developed. You see, you see, really see a lot more focus on this. McKinsey came out with a report last year that documented that if we had gender equality across the board, uh, global GDP would go up 26%. That is not a little. That's a lot, and of course we can't all be Iceland. But um, if you just if you just go best in region, so that you would have to get up to the level of the best in your region, um, it will still go up more than ten percent. Uh, so in that sense, the investment case is clear, and we are seeing both new money, but we're also seeing this new focus. If we look at health, it's very important to look at who is it who deliver health, mm-hmm. and we 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 we're in 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 our part of the world we would often turn to the government as as uh, be the ones who had to secure uh, uh, a functioning health systems, uh, functioning health system, and and universal health coverage is extremely important, and health for all is important, but we just see that it's not always delivered by. Um, by a government or by the uh, official authorities is often delivered by private sector. And so private sector plays a very big role in this. Including big business, from what you say. B- both big business, but also small business. Mm. You know, pharmacists, um, uh, the women who carry uh, contraception and antibiotics on their backs through jungles and rivers to get out to the furthest away uh, villages. That's also small private sector and entrepreneurs. So, so let's not just lock us down to one way of doing it. Uh, and 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 this we see. So we see um, we see more money coming in on different level, both national, but all so, so national budgets, uh, international foundations is coming in, and but also private sector. Uh, could we see more? Absolutely. Will we need more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And will you, I'm just interested as well to return to this question of what can conferences like the huge one you're staging um, in Copenhagen next month realistically achieve? And I know that you, you set yourself clear goals and you measure what you do. Um, but can you give us a flavour of, of the, the sort of the, 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 the kind of um, kind of stakeholders that, that, that will be attending um, yes. and why that matters and, 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 and mm-hmm. just how change can realistically happen as a result of those kind of meetings? Good. Again, um, the Women Deliver Conference is not a one-off. We see it as a continuum. Uh, it's a continuum in the sense that new partners meet and uh, new music starts, a uh, to play. But this is really about what's happening afterwards as well. It's about the energy and the inspiration and the solutions and the partnerships that come out of it. And we measure that too. But, you know, having eight heads of UN agencies stand up and say loud and clear from whether it's from it's Babatunde from UNFPA or it's whether it's the head of UNFPA or the head of UN Women or the head of UNDP or WHO or UNAIDS or you know whether it's it's these the World Bank saying girls and women matters and it pays to invest and having programs on it as well having big big leaders from private sector do the same having the big ngos and the small ngos say this is important have the lancet there coming out together with us 
with the campaign platform. Series, Lancet series coming out. So you have the evidence, you have the, you have the examples. So we have five to six thousand people in the room who are who are change makers. Mm-hmm. Half the budget goes to bring, to scholarships for people from the global south, who are the change makers where they live. We have fifty to a hundred thousand coming in through a virtual conference that will broadcast every day with specialized uh, programs on this. You have television stations from around the world who will do themes on girls and women's health and rights and well-being for weeks around it. You have you have the media who will who will broadcast this. So that focus on girls and women that goes way beyond a conference center in Copenhagen, way beyond that week will really echo through and we believe with it is a fueling station and if you keep fueling that movement because it has become it is becoming and it's a growing movement keeping on to that that's where we're going to see change happen and as well as you know that phenomenal cast of characters that you've just outlined you also need don't you advocates and independent in individual countries mm-hmm. and and i suppose part of that advocacy is is it's an area like young people uh, and how do you I mean how would you categorize I mean uh, young people today um, do you think that the, 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 the newer generations are much more switched on about these issues young people are not only the leaders of tomorrow they are the leaders of today and we see that every day you know if I get I sometimes can get a little depressed when I look at the news and see the state of the world. Then I kind of look at what some of the young people that we and Women Deliver work with, and I'm all calm. We have a program of young leaders in 108 countries. We train them through a mini advocacy university online. So they, they're just like brilliant change makers already. They are so tuned in to the the whole health rights and well-being of girls and women with a particular focus on sex and reproductive health and rights uh, and some of the social determinants child marriage fgm and oh my are they making change happen and how do from, they get from, their voice from, from yemarai in zimbabwe mm-hmm. who saw a 12 year old girl in his village get married and die in childbirth as 13 year old gathered the young boys and went to the elders and said, we don't want to see that happen. We don't want to, We don't want child marriage to happen like this. Building a growing movement, connecting with SM in Bangladesh, a young man there who's doing the same, connecting around the world. This is using social media. Using social media, using the platforms we create through our little mini-university. It's amazing to see. They are so tuned in, and they speak truth to power. You know, they go in and they talk to ministers and they get on the delegations to the big meetings and they speak up and it's a joy to both see and hear. They can't do it alone. So that's why, you know, we in Women Deliver, we work with more than 2,000 organizations. One of the things that people say we do well, we even have an independent evaluation that says we do it really well. We both convene and we connect. Uh, So connecting... Uh, the big wigs to the change makers in communities and really see that happen. Young people play such a crucial role. They are the ones who's going to clean up the mess. And their health and their choices will define the world, not only as we know it, but as we want it. Great. Thank you very much for talking to us today. <laughs>